Welcome and thank you for joining us for the NAHU Healthcare Happy Hour, the official podcast of the National Association of Health Underwriters. Before we begin, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. The podcast is distributed on these platforms every Friday and is included in the NAHU's weekly member-exclusive health policy newsletter, The Washington Update, giving you a head start on your weekly healthcare happy hour. NAHU submitted a comment letter to the National Association of Insurance Commissioners, better known as NAIC, this week in regard to proposed changes to the NAIC's Unfair Trade Practices Model Act. Here to discuss the model, the proposed changes, and our comments on this week's episode of the Healthcare Happy Hour is Marcy Buckner. Welcome back to the pod, Marcy. So as I just mentioned, NAIC is looking to amend their Unfair Trade Practices Model. Before we get into the proposed amendments, for those who don't know, can you briefly describe what this model act is and what it regulates? Yes, Dan. And I'll also talk about what the NEIC is for those who may not remember from past podcasts. I know we've discussed them before. A couple months ago, we talked about Janet Trotwine, NEHU CEO, testifying before the NEIC for the Improper Marketing Working Group, which is actually the group that's working on this. So we talked a little bit about the NEIC, but in case you missed that, like Dan said, the NEIC is the National Association of Insurance Commissioners. So this is a group of every insurance commissioner from each state. Sometimes they're called directors. Sometimes they have different titles, but the head of the insurance department or agency division, sometimes they're called um, depending on your state, the head of that who is depending on your state elected or appointed. So you can see there's a lot of variance there. So all 50 states plus the District of Columbia and the territories quite a group of individuals, and they meet several times a year, and they discuss, as you can imagine, insurance issues that are impacting the states. And this ranges from health insurance to life, property and casualty. They're also getting into cybersecurity and some other issues. So this is a way for them to really support each other across the states and discuss how they can work together to support insurance markets and also specifically protecting consumers. Something that they do is they put together either model legislation or model regulations, depending on what type of tool is needed to be able to impact rules and laws in their states. So legislation goes through the state legislature, so your elected officials, Senate and Assembly normally in states, and then regulations go through the agencies. So here, the regulations would be pieces that these state insurance commissioners would oversee. Legislation is usually much broader, and then the regulations dive in and take more specific action and kind of fine-tune what the, the laws the legislatures pass. So in this instance, they are looking at a model legislation, the Unfair Trade Practices Model Act. This is something that the NEIC in the past has adopted, and now they're looking at amending it. So something that the NEIC does, they take 
different issues and they put together either model legislation or regulation, like I mentioned, depending on what type is needed for the solution, the type of law or rule they're looking for the outcome for. And the insurance commissioners put something together that they think works well for most states and they vote on it. Then they have it out as a resource and states then have to go through the motion of actually having it go through their state legislature and passing or having it go through their state regulatory process if it's a a model rule. So it's not something that once the NEIC accepts it or adopts it, that is automatically put in place across the states. It's something that once the NEIC agrees on it, it's put out as a resource and states may use. However, I will say once they agree on it, When commissioners vote on this, if they vote to support a model act, that vote is seen as saying not only are they in favor of the language that's in the model act, but they will also do whatever they can in their state to try to have that model act passed. So that's also what they're saying with their vote if they vote to pass something. The amendments that we're going to talk about today are in the very early stages. They're being worked on by a subcommittee within one of the working groups within the NEIC. So it needs to be accepted by this subcommittee, then go to its larger committee, and then go to what is called the executive committee of the NEIC before these changes are adopted and then sent out to states as a suggestion for them to adopt. So we still have a lot of steps to go through before the NEIC even suggests this to states and then for the states to even look at it as an option. So I just want to kind of lay out the the groundwork there so everyone understands that this isn't something that we're looking at, you know, being passed within the month and then states all looking at putting together and enforcing next year. That's not what's going to happen. What's going to happen is this working group will either take our comments and continue to work on the changes that they're looking at, or they'll take our comments and and decide not to continue working on it. It'll then go to their larger committee. They will then elicit comments, and then it'll go to the executive committee, assuming it passes out of their larger committee before that. So a lot of steps to be taken here, but it does play a really important role because Like I said, this does have a lot of influence when it comes to the insurance commissioners if they do um, finally approve these changes because then these elected or appointed insurance commissioners, depending on what the rules are in your state, will then take this back to their legislatures and ask for it to be passed. So a lot of different moving pieces there, but want to make sure we put it in context before we talk about what's actually in the Model Act. That was informative for me too. So... With that being said, what amendments are being proposed here? So like I said, this Unfair Trade Practices Model Act is something that was already approved years ago by the NEIC, and now they're going in and they're making amendments, they're making changes. And specifically, some of the changes that they're making are changes or actually adding a definition of what an insurance lead generator is. And their definition of an insurance lead generator means any marketing related activity or entity that publicizes the availability of an insurance 
or what purports to be an insurance product or service. So that's one of the biggest pieces that is included here is that they're now defining what an insurance lead generator is. And then they are adding to what is considered an unfair trade practice by adding to the already included definition, activities that are happening by electronic mail and internet advertising and posting. So this is put in place in addition to normally advertisement that is published or circulated or placed in the public, but specifically making sure that they're putting in that this can happen electronically instead of kind of the dated version that is in place that talks about it being publicly put in place through a newspaper or magazine. So they're making sure that they're including things that are a little bit more up to date, like the internet. And then also putting in a section further defining unfair trade practices as the failure to also to maintain marketing and performance records. So saying that the failure of an insurance lead generator to maintain its books, records, documents, and other business records in such an order that data regarding complaints and marketing are accessible and retrievable for and by the insurance commissioner for at least two years. So that's in, in addition to what was already agreed upon by the insurance commissioners in the past. So again, the changes are really adding in that definition of insurance lead generator and then adding this requirement that lead generators maintain copies of what they have have used in marketing so that if, if there are complaints, they can go back at least two years to show what data they have in their collection, what they've done. So why are they proposing these amendments? There are a few different reasons why they're proposing these. Some of them are because of changes in the market. So, I mean, take for instance, that that one piece that I mentioned about updating to make sure that marketing materials includes electronic mail, so email and the internet. Many states have already updated their unfair trade practices acts to reflect this. So I'm not saying by the NEIC doing this now and updating to reflect that the internet actually exists that states are, you know, totally out of date and don't have this. Many of them have already updated to reflect that. So the NEIC is just making sure that they are very clear that marketing materials includes things that are electronic and making sure that's literally spelled out in their model act as well. And also because they've seen an increase in complaints across the board with internet advertisements. So we all know how it seems like We could be talking on the phone to a friend and we're talking about what we're looking to buy or an item we're in the market for. And then suddenly we get online and you you see it in the ads in the side of your Facebook or whatever other websites you're on. And it seems a little like the internet knows everything about you at all times. And that includes if you're looking for insurance items. And so oftentimes insurance commissioners are getting complaints from some of these web advertisers that are putting out advertisements for different types of insurance and may not be using appropriate language. So the improper marketing working group, the group that's working on this unfair trade practices model act update is looking at different markets like short-term health plans, health sharing ministries, 
and some others where there may be wording used that isn't clear to consumers that these are not ACA compliant products. There have been a lot of instances and complaints that they've received that folks have enrolled in those products because of internet ads and some of these different electronic outreaches where they felt as though they were enrolling in a major medical plan and had all of the benefits that would go along with that only to find out that they were in a different type of plan that didn't meet those requirements. Um, and you can imagine if you're sick or seeking care, how you may feel if you felt as though you understood that you were enrolling in a major medical plan only to find out that's not what you have as a product. So this is in reaction to that, to try to protect consumers against some of those internet ads that may not be as clear as they should be about what type of products they're selling. And then also they're looking at the insurance lead generators because they feel as though these are entities that may be leading to different call centers reaching out and calling individuals that may be in the market for insurance or actually may not be. They may already have insurance, but they're they're getting kind of those robocalls and maybe getting misleading information about the plan they already have or being enticed to switch plans, even if the plan that that call center is calling about may not be appropriate for that consumer. So that's another reason why they're trying to make sure that they're also defining insurance lead generator and putting in place that two-year requirement for them to maintain their records of what they have used for their advertisements and, and data that they're putting out. Many insurance commissioners feel like they are very limited in their scope and reach over insurance lead generators. And so that's why they are trying to put it into the model act so that state insurance commissioners have some sort of ability to point to this rule, this law and say, look, you can see here under our unfair trade practices act, we do have authority to ask these lead generators for this information and to take action against them if there are complaints. Because right now that is not clear in all state laws. And so the state commissioners are really seeking to be able to have a little bit more control over some of the entities that are operating in their states. So in our comment letter, what did NAHU have to say about these proposals? What do we support and where do we have concerns? In the comment letter, we support commissioners taking action to control the entities that are active in their states. We recognize the frustration of many insurance commissioners getting complaints about entities that are operating either outside of their borders or even outside of the borders of the U.S. Some insurance lead generator entities are offshore or have offshore IP addresses. And so it's very hard for insurance commissioners to be able to have any control over them or even very hard for the federal government to have control over them. So this is a way that if these entities are active within the insurance commissioner's state, they are able to try to take some action there and be able to protect their consumers. Something we pointed out, however, is that we want to make sure that independent agents and brokers or agents and brokers in general are not looped into the definition of insurance lead generator. And so we suggested that in that definition, and I'll remind you what that definition was, we suggested that in the definition that's included 
as an amendment that where they say insurance lead generator means any marketing related activity or entity that publicizes the availability of an insurance or what purports to be an insurance product or service that this excludes any entity that's already regulated by the state. And in this case, insurance producers are already regulated by the state. Insurance agents and brokers are regulated as insurance producers. And the definition of that is any entity that sells, solicits, or negotiates insurance. That's the the legal term of art for your kind of scope of practice, what you're legally able to do as a licensed agent or broker. So we asked for the definition to make sure to exclude you all so that you would be regulated by your Producer Licensing Act and the Standing Unfair Trade Practices Act as it exists now and not potentially looped into being defined as an insurance lead generator in any way. So making sure that you're protected and continuing to be regulated in the way that you already are by your state insurance commissioners. You mentioned earlier that NAHU CEO Janet Troutwine actually testified in front of the NAIC in August on the very similar topic of the Medicare marketing rule, which of course we've talked about in at great lengths on the podcast recently. How does that relate to what the NAIC is currently working on? Yeah, Dan, it, it has a, a direct relationship, even though here you'll notice that they're not directly addressing Medicare. The group that Janet testified before was the Improper Marketing of Health Plans Working Group, which is looking at not just some of those plans that I mentioned earlier, like some of the short-term plans and health sharing ministries, but also Medicare Advantage and other Medicare products. They are still looking at ways in which they can take action against bad actors in the Medicare market. And Janet was informing them about some of the actions that were taken by the federal government in CMS's Medicare marketing rule and kind of cautioning them about how far CMS took those Medicare marketing rules in relation to how far some of the states would want to go. So remember, because Medicare is a federal program, they are the ones that regulate Medicare. But if there's a complaint about a specific agent or broker, Medicare and the federal government doesn't have the power to take that agent's license away. It's the state regulators that do. And so there is kind of a certain imbalance there of the way that the state and federal governments are working together in trying to regulate agents and brokers in the Medicare space. So um, sometimes CMS isn't relaying the messages to the state insurance commissioners about complaints that they're having or state insurance commissioners are getting complaints that they can't verify because when they send those complaints to CMS, they're not always getting responses back about some of those items. So the state insurance commissioners are are really asking what else can we do to help to protect Medicare beneficiaries. And while they're working on that, because the NEIC has this group that's looking at options that they can do to help to protect Medicare beneficiaries. But we also know that Senator Wyden sent out a letter several months ago to the insurance commissioners, and this is Senator Wyden as in U.S. Congress, Senator Wyden, and head of the Senate Finance Committee, looking at ways that Congress can help state insurance commissioners to protect Medicare beneficiaries. So we know Congress is looking at this, and the NEIC is looking at this, 
And when I say this, I mean Medicare beneficiaries and protecting them as consumers. Meanwhile, we have that Medicare marketing rule that's hanging over us. And then the NEIC is looking at Unfair Trade Practices Model Act. This is just one step for the NEIC to take. Like I said, it's addressing those insurance lead generators, which can be a problem sometimes in in Medicare Advantage and other Medicare products. So they're taking this one step within this model act, and then we'll see what next steps may come out of this as the NEIC continues to work with this while also responding to Senator Wyden, which will likely lead to some hearings on this topic, if not this fall, when the new Congress is sworn in at the beginning of 2023. It is now time for the NAHU Healthcare Happy Hour Toast of the Week. So Marcy, what are we toasting to this week? This week, we are toasting to the announcement that for the first time in over a decade, Medicare Part B, as in boy, rates are going down. We know the administration is very excited about that. Hopefully your Medicare beneficiaries are excited about that too. And we also hope that this is a trend that we'll see in the other Medicare markets. We know that we're likely to see this in Medicare Part D starting in 2025 when some of the pieces from the Inflation Reduction Act go into place. For right now, we are toasting to Medicare Part B rates going down for the first time in 10 years. Cheers. Thank you for joining us for the NAHU Healthcare Happy Hour, the official podcast of the National Association of Health Underwriters. For more information on NAHU's government affairs efforts or to become a member, visit NAHU.org.